0: going in um starting a podcast this is versed podcast v-e-r-s-e-d uh what we're going for there is a podcast that makes us all well versed we're talking about responsible citizenship getting together talk about the information pull it directly from the source um the goal is to be objective non-partisan um unbiased Just looking at the facts, looking at the studies and learning to think for ourselves, um, reducing some of the polarization in our country, hopefully, and uh, just becoming better all around, responsible, informed citizens to make good decisions and improve the quality of our lives and and those around us. So I'm Jacob McDonald, um, and we're going to jump right in on the first topic um, is going to be abortion. So I thought we'd start off going over a definition. What is abortion? Um, So an abortion can be defined as the termination of pregnancy by various means, including medical surgery before the fetus is able to sustain independent life. Now, um i thought this would be a great topic to tackle first it's it's always one of our most if not the most divisive topic in the country um with the new supreme court case coming out with dobbs versus jackson we overturned roe v wade um and like i said we're not here to take opinions or sides on that i'm trying to uh paint the picture the whole picture um so that you know i I feel like we're all really entrenched and in whatever sides and, and blind party allegiance. And um, we struggle to think for ourselves. And I really want to push back on that and try to stay as, as objective as possible, keep my own opinions out of it, and just talk about what is the whole scope of what we're dealing with. Because there isn't um, always a comfortable, easy answer, especially in a topic like this. Um, uh, if you look into the Supreme Court cases, uh, you know, like they make it there for a reason. It is not just. As easy as as hating and demonizing the other side, um, you know. So we, so we gotta we gotta look at the bo- the whole picture. So to talk about what that means, um, terminating a pregnancy, various means. So we're gonna kind to go over um, how how one might go about getting an abortion. Typically, the ways that that happens in our country, when that happens, who is typically um, the kind of person that is a candidate for that? What are those numbers? Uh, just so we can all get informed on what that really means and um, and what that looks like in our country so that we can see all the facts and make an informed decision for ourselves because it's it's a real struggle we're looking for the the rights of a mother and the rights of a child and or an unborn fetus um, whatever you know however you decide to define that so uh i noticed that this definition specifically has before the fetus is able to sustain independent life Um, that's a pretty traditionally accepted definition of abortion. Um, and that comes from prior to Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court case that kind of was the precedent for legalizing abortion in America. Uh, it was traditionally viewed as as murder. So um, after that case, um, we kind of looked at uh, that definition of changing to if if the fetus, the unborn child is able to sustain, independent life and that, that, that from Roe v. Wade, we kind of established what's called a viability line. Are they able to survive outside of the womb with or without medical care? Um, and so that's kind of the standard we've been going on for about the past 50 years. Um, so that standard viability line, uh, has kind of changed with, with medical research over the years. Typically what we're looking at is, um, pretty widely considered on both sides that line of viability is going to be around 24 weeks uh 24 weeks uh for that for that unborn fetus to survive outside of the womb um and so in Dobbs v Jackson what we were looking at this is the the recent Supreme Court case that overturned Roe v Wade so Um, the, the case came out of a Mississippi law that is looking to ban abortions after 15 weeks, which obviously, as we just discussed, would significantly push back that 24 week viability line. That's kind of viewed as the standard for a compromise or as close to a compromise as can be had between a pro-choice and a pro-life crowd of the rights of the mother and the rights of the child, the state's interest in both sides. Um, so... Uh, as we know now, that, that court case was heard, I believe back in February. And today we do have a ruling on that case where Roe v. Wade was overturned, which caused a lot of trigger laws to um, take place across the country in states that had legislation ready uh, ready to go based on Roe v. Wade being overturned if, if that if that were to happen. And when that did happen, that legislation, uh, what we mean by trigger laws is that legislation was, Uh, Set and ready to um, go into effect if this were to happen. And it did. not we'll kind of go over what that looks like um, for the states individually a little bit later on. Um, One thing to point out at this point is regardless of where you stand on this issue, uh, when you look at a world map and on a world scale of abortion, um, this is a really good chance to, to appreciate The country that we live in because when you're looking at uh, policies and procedures on abortion and and many things you know we have a lot of countries where those rulings are widespread on a federal level they kind of cover the entire country and it's kind of a blanket law and in america you know so like each country across the world kind of be like one standard color of this is what abortion looks like in this country Um, This is what the law generally is across the country in this country. And in America, uh, it's not one color. It's very striped um, and kind of splotchy because uh, we live in a country of freedom that's based on, uh, you know, the United States together. So when the Supreme Court does make a ruling, typically um, that ruling is kind of deciding a precedent and then pushing it back to the people, which is what is happening here. Like, let's push it back to a local and a state level for people to be able to, um, vote for their area and where they want to be. And, um, you know, that's something that we really should not overlook, uh, as a great privilege for the country that we live in. That's, that's a huge deal. Um, Because, you know, if you don't agree with that law and you're in the Midwest and and you'd like to have an abortion, you are you're free to go to the coast where they're very, uh, very pro-choice and they provide a lot of abortion care. And in the Midwest, uh, it's different. So you, you can still be proud of our country and the people that live in it and have a voice and, you know, appreciate that, that we provide as much freedom as possible on that level. So something to be proud of. Um, so how does how does abortion happen? So typically, uh, abortions are going to be happening in two main ways. Um, throughout this episode, I really don't want to get into exceptions um, that, you know, usually when you hear an argument on abortions, people are going to be jumping straight to the exception, the, the minority case. Um, on either side, in pro-choice and pro-life, people will typically... go for extreme hypotheticals and we I, i think for the sake of being informed and making our own decision if you're more interested as we go through i'm going to stick with the general topics that can be good talking points to have a working knowledge uh to be able to go into a conversation with someone with and really stand you know know what you believe in and also have empathy for the other side and understand that you know try to put yourself in someone else's shoes you know if you know what position you're on or what position you think you're on right now and as you become more informed you know regardless of whether or not you agree with it can you still respect and love that person can i put myself in their shoes and see okay how can i get curious how can I get empathetic where are they coming from with this so um abortions uh a lot of a lot of abortions now are hap- are, are medication abortions in the year 2000 um abortion pills were legalized in america by the fda Um, And the generally accepted standard is that medication abortions are safe to use until about 10 weeks into pregnancy, according to the FDA. Um, There's a lot of legislation today as medical science changes over time, lobbying groups kind of push different interests and the argument evolves over time. That timeline has uh, pushed a little further out on the pro-choice side um, that the FDA standards are what they would call antiquated and, um, out of date compared to what would be acceptable and safe today. Um, so it's something to be aware of, but we're sticking to the general, you know, re- you got to understand that like whatever data we have, you know, data is always going to be prone to error. Um, But it's what we have to go off of. So, you know, until we have a better system, this is the data that we have. This is what's been approved by the FDA is medication abortion safe to use up until 10 weeks into the pregnancy. What that medication abortion is, is um, most effectively a two pill combination, one called mifepristone, which taken first blocks the hormones that support a pregnancy. Your body's producing hormones to support that pregnancy. It gets those blocked off so that it, it will terminate the pregnancy. And secondly, being misoprostol, which then causes the uterus to empty um, fetus, unborn child. And I, I think I'm just going to keep going back and forth between the two terms there to, to respect both sides. of The argument stay as objective as possible here. Um, so that's kind of what that looks like uh, from an FDA standard um, and, and early on it's important to note that and we're going to get into this a little bit later i'll get it um that there is a trend toward early abortions um i have from the gutmacher institute here which is uh we're going to be using a lot of gutmacher um facts and figures and tables uh, as we go through here gutmacher institute is a pro-choice organization they fight very hard for, for women's rights in this area, um, but on both sides of the argument, Gutmacher is widely considered the, the most reliable um, data, data collection that we have on abortion statistics. So um, as of 2007, um, 32% of abortions happen in the first six weeks or less. 41% happen in seventy-seven to nine weeks, and then uh, 16% of abortions happen in the 10 to 12 week, week range, and 11% happening above 13 weeks. It's important to note that when you get past about 21 to 24 weeks, um, we see later on in some of these statistics that, according to Guttmacher, that what would be considered late term abortions. And that term is debatable on what a late term is, whether that's 21 weeks, 24 weeks, like all the way up through a, a full pregnancy. Um, we're talking less than 1% of abortions that they're talking about there. And those um, typically come with much more stringent regulations, even in pro-abortion states on what that looks like um, to to get an abortion at that point. And, Um, so again, we don't want to get too much into the weeds with the exceptions and stuff, but stick with the main bulk of it are going to be abortions happening in the first nine weeks or so. Um, all right. So that's kind of what a medical abortion looks like. Um, after the 10 week period, what an abortion would look like is, um, a standard, vacuum aspiration, or suction, which would be happening up to 14 to 16 weeks um, into the pregnancy. Uh, it's just a suction going into the uterus to suck everything out, and um, uh, after 16 weeks, we would be looking at a dilation and evacuation, or a E, as you may have heard it called at other times, um, and that's a mix of suction and surgical tools to empty the uterus. Um. So the viability line, again, is, is kind of typically traditionally been the argument as we've gone through the abortion argument since Roe v. Wade in the past uh, 50 years. And um, what that looks like at different points, even prior to the viability line, is medical abortion and surgical abortion. Uh, the Guttmacher Institute, like we've talked about, is uh, they pull data about every three years. On this um, abortion is at a pretty historic low um, so however you want to take that as far as the evolution of abortion laws state to state and on a federal level since Roe v Wade um, let me pull up the graph here I believe since um, 1973 When we started collecting data on uh, and Roe v. Wade was passed, we were looking at uh, roughly about 600,000 to 700,000 abortions uh, annually in America, and then kind of peaking around the early 80s, around one and a half million, 1.6 million. And today, as of the most recently collected data in 2020, we are, we are under a million in America. I believe it's about 960,000, according, according to Gutmacher Institute. So um, however you want to take that data, it is going down. And um, this year that was overturned and a lot of those trigger laws took effect in different states. So we'll see what effect that has as new data is collected on abortion all right so um we've gone over what an abortion is viability uh let's see can we get into uh let's let's see if we can get into who gets abortions um so data is usually collected on women ages 15 to 44. those are the average childbearing years that's where most of the data is going to be collected because that's where most of the abortions are going to be happening um so Let's see for people who have been getting abortions in 2020 46 states reported data to the CDC in 2020 that the majority of women who had abortions 57% of them were in their 20s while about 3 in 10 or 31% were in their 30s teens ages 13 to 19 accounted for 8% of those who had abortions. While women in their 40s accounted for 4%. So just to kind of wrap up those statistics there, the vast majority are going to be women uh, in their 20s at 57%. Then the next biggest block of abortions happening of women in their 30s at 31%. Teens 13 to 19 accounting for 8%. Women in the 40s accounting for 4%. Uh, The vast majority of women who had abortions in 2020 were unmarried at 86% while married women accounted for 14%. Um, so, uh, and, and racially speaking, 39% of all women who had abortions in 2020 were non-Hispanic blacks, 33% were non-Hispanic whites, 20% were Hispanic, 7% were other races and ethnicities. Um. So, let's look here. The vast majority of abortions occur during the first trimester of a pregnancy, as we already went over. Uh, In 2020, 93% of abortions occurred during the first trimester uh, at or before 13 weeks of gestation. So, again, you know, like if you want to look more into the details, it's not that we want to exclude the uh exaggerated hypotheticals or or even you know the tragic real life cases that are the exception i'm not trying to cheapen that at all but what you know i think an argument in middle ground is going to be better found in the the general population in the bulk of you know how can we get on the same page of of where is the majority of it happening Um, six percent uh, of abortions occurred between 14 and 20 weeks of pregnancy. 1% were performed at 21 weeks or more of gestation. Keep in mind, those numbers are from the Center for Disease Control, CDC. Uh, those numbers are going to differ a little bit from the Guttmacher Institute. Um, from what I am seeing online, uh, the Guttmacher Institute by all sides of the argument is generally going to be accepted as the most reliable source. The CDC numbers, uh, are, are estimated to be a little bit under or off depending on, you know, some, some exceptions to maybe they didn't uh, collect data from all states, uh, that year or, or they weren't uh, collecting the same amount of data or at the same times or things like that. But, Wanted to get a couple different sources in here, or as many different sources as I could uh, for us to go off of and, and, you know, stay objective and kind of get some different perspectives that we can all look at and weigh in on ourselves. Uh, 49% of abortion patients live below the federal poverty level. 59% of abortions are obtained by women with children. They already have living children of their own. Uh, And they've received an abortion That's 59% And uh, 60% of abortions Are obtained by women In their 20s Um, right, so I think that pretty much covers uh, It gives us a good picture of who's getting abortions Um, They're going to be mostly Non-Hispanic black women in their 20s Is going to be the the majority of it Um, And then it kind of goes down Step by step from there and that most of them happen in the first trimester, about 13 weeks. Uh, I think it was important to note that that one, 1%, 1.2% of abortions that are performed after 21 weeks, uh, in our country that, uh, that approximates to about, uh, 5,200 abortions per year at that level. Um, Again, annually, according to the twenty twenty statistics at Gutmarker, we're looking at just under a million, about nine hundred and sixty thousand. Uh, so let's scale it out. What is what is what are some takeaways from abortion on a world scale? Uh, what how does America stack up? I thought this was an important topic to cover because I think a lot of our most divisive issues. It's really easy to get in a bubble to take headlines um, to be fed information and in other people's opinions and just take it at face value and demonize the other side of whatever side we're on uh, and demonize America and because you know that's the great thing about America we're allowed to demonize it we're allowed to hate our country as much as we want and we're allowed to love it and we're allowed to be as informed or as ignorant as we want um, that's a freedom that we have here that a lot of people don't have across the world so i think that's important to note so anytime we're getting into a really divisive issue like abortion or race or anything that we're dealing with today with sexuality and things like that where does america stand on a worldwide level you know how are we doing compared to the rest of humanity um I didn't want to get too much into the weeds with, with the details here, but I, I kind of noted a few things that I thought were worth uh, keeping in mind for uh, to have a working knowledge of the subject and kind of form my opinions on here and my stance. Uh, in most of the world, 20 to 24-year-old women tend to have the highest abortion rate of any age group. The bulk of abortions are accounted for by women in their 20s. Studies show across the world that the more... Um, Developed and industrialized countries uh, begin to use contraceptives, and that use becomes more mainstream and accessible to people, that abortions do go down. Um, Developed regions tend to have more access to abortion and you know more more pro-choice favoring laws. And undeveloped, developing countries, growing regions typically have the least access to abortion and the most stringent abortion laws um as in restricting access to abortion um all regions uh from from what i can tell in a world map kind of what i gather is all regions are in similar debates even in the most free countries as far as as choice for abortion goes when you get to this level of the debate of abortion Um, America is not unique in talking about in in recognizing the dilemma between. It is one of our most divisive issues because you're trying to look at the rights of the mother along with the rights of a child or an unborn fetus. Um, And there's no way to come out of that making everybody happy. And, you know, so it's important to recognize the gravity of the debate and that we're not the only ones that's, you know, it's easy to demonize. Like we talked about earlier, you don't want to get stuck with this tunnel vision stuck in this bubble of like America is just so backwards or, you know, you know, like if a case made it to the Supreme court in any capacity, there's a reason it made it there it had to go through a lot of channels to get there it had to go through a lot of judges, a lot of people, a lot of legal experts, lawyers and justices that, that have devoted their entire lives to the constitution and the law and That we can generally assume we would hope and you really need to assume i mean at the end of the day there's not much of a choice we need to assume that regardless of where people land on issues that the average person wants what's best for the country wants to live in a country and be as free and as happy uh, as possible and as prosperous as possible so if we can assume that and then you know get into how to get there, I think that will find us a lot of middle ground um, already. So America's not unique in the debates that we're having. How do we respect the rights of everybody involved? How do we uh, uh, protect the interests, the state interest in a population and and, in life and in womanhood and all of those things? Um... And not demonize the other side. You know, I think that's a huge part. And I, and I hate to keep beating a dead horse here, but you know, if you're pro-life, it, it, I think it's a dangerous road to assume that pro-choice are, are these people that are out to to sterilize our country or or to kill children or things like like you know, it's important to step into their shoes. Where are they coming from? What is their life circumstances? You know, get emotional about it, read some of those stories, go into some of these exceptions and see what life looks like outside of your own that, that created that viewpoint for them and hear them. And you know, I'm always a fan of argue as if you're right and listen as if you're wrong uh, and go there. And if you're if you're pro-choice, it, you know, don't just automatically assume that every person with a pro-life view is out there to restrict the rights of women or has no respect for women or or doesn't care what happens to children after they're born and unable to be cared for, um, you know, assume the best in the other side and that we're just having differing opinions on how to get to that free and prosperous country for everybody. Um, so the U.S. is floating around a million. Uh, it's a historic low for us down from about 1.6 at its high in the early 80s, I believe. And um, so we're at about 930,000 apportions at the last count in 2020. Uh, that's on an annual basis. Um, laws vary by state in the U.S. as opposed to the centralized federal law in other countries in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, you you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt. I'm not a geography expert, um, although, you know, that's that's an episode we can do in the future. Uh, but when we're talking about that, that, you know, the U.S. is unique in that even when we decide something federally, we can push it back to the people let them have a voice you you know if i'm unhappy with the laws here where i'm at can i move to another state uh or or can i vote and to have my voice heard in the state that i'm in and make a local difference and as much as we can do that um that's going to preserve as much freedom as possible and it's something to be proud of that we've achieved that you know democracy is a dangerous experiment and uh i think many consider it a miracle that we've made it this long and i think that's something to be really proud of also so Uh, and finally on a world stage, U S comes in around 15th, uh, as far as countries in the world on, uh, highest rates of, of completed legal abortions that are being measured, uh, across the planet. Um, obviously different countries have different populations. This is data based on how many legal completed abortions, uh, happened per 1000 women in a country. and across all countries where that's being measured us comes in around 15th right now as of 2020 so um and now i wanted to kind of scale it back away from the world perspective and into our local perspective how does it affect us uh i can't go into every state um I'm from Missouri, so I wanted to at least uh, go over, you know, what does abortion law look like now uh, in the faith, in the wake of, of Dobbs v. Jackson overturning Roe v. Wade? Uh, what does life in Missouri look like um, in relation to this subject? So can we have a working knowledge of this? Can we be knowledgeable about the position we have and and talk about it and be empathetic about it? And, if you'd like more information on on your state, again, I'd recommend the Guttmacher Institute. Google it; their their website will give you about all the information you want. Um, they are very pro-choice, so if that's not your position, um, you know, just take the data and and try to skip some of the commentary, or or you know, do yourself a favor and expose yourself to that commentary and, and challenge your views and your perspectives, and 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 see how. How, how it shapes and molds you as, as a person. I think that's very important. You know, do you really have a successful view if you haven't challenged it? Do you really have a conclusion or a stance if you've just followed it blindly and not done the research for yourself? Um, and that's not to disrespect your truth or, or, or where you're at, but you know, if, if, if that's a strong truth and that's something that, that is worth investing in, something that you believe in, you should know the whole picture and the whole perspective and you should never i think it's a grave mistake and it uh it it deeply cheapens any of these issues like they're divisive for a reason so you know i, I don't like to throw hate and i don't like to support people that are throwing hate and now i'm i like on anything because i think it simplifies it i mean in a free country we're not a theocracy we're not a dictatorship we are a free country where you know for as much as possible you're free to live your life how you see fit um and we want to retain that because i want to be able